Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellas Podcast. My name is Carlos. And my name is Ozzy. And mine's Brianna. And in this episode, we're going to be reviewing Luca, the hitman's wife's bodyguard, In the Heights, Conjuring 3, and talking about Loki. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Hello, everybody. How are you guys doing? Doing. <laughs> doing. Doing. Yeah, doing all right. You know. Um, Getting out. done. <laughs> I am going to apologize in advance if I say in something insanely stupid, or if I d- forget random things that are unforgivable. Uh, I got four hours of sleep last night. I took like an hour power nap before we started, but I still feel pretty loopy whoa this episode is going to be pretty chaotic and I think. already I, I might cut this out but i definitely just accidentally put music on in the background <laughs> <laughs> I, i'll probably leave it in because it's like the beginning of a, like a kendrick lamar song so it's like whatever who cares but uh anyway yeah so i am operating with like half a brain at the moment um but yeah, uh, I've got a lot on my plate at the moment. Um, and we have a lot of movies to talk about because we've been gone for a while. We've been trying to record for like a bit now. Uh, and, th- you know, things just keep getting in the way. It happens. Um, but and now we've got like a buildup of movies because as uh, I believe we said on the last episode, uh, I mean, this is basically like I don't obviously like things are kind of getting back to normal in general. Um, But this feels like a pretty normal summer movie season at this point, right? We have like a new movie coming out every weekend, like in theaters, at at least like half in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was literally a fast and furious movie in theaters this weekend. There is. Yes. Uh, There's an argument to be made that we should have delayed this until that came out. But you know, at some point we just have to draw the line in the sand. There's no way. (laughs) There's no way. I would not be there for that. <laughs> you don't want to talk about Fast and Furious? Fair enough. Because I, I do have, uh, obviously, a friend of the show, Chucky, really wants to talk about Fast and Furious. So maybe that's what we'll do, Ozzy. We'll have Chucky on for that. Heck yeah. I'm to talk trash about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway. All right. Let's dive into it because we do have a lot to get to. And shockingly... I I am genuinely like surprised by this. I have to review a movie by myself because uh Luke, Luca came out on Disney Plus. Um is it only on Disney Plus cuz it wasn't by, in our theaters uh in where I'm at at least. I don't know if it's in theaters by you guys. Um but yeah, so Luca came out and uh apparently I am the only one who saw it and it's fine. Um Luca was pretty good i i i it's not like to me the <laughs> pixar has set the standard so high that it's like it's it's just it's almost unfair to compare them to themselves you know like 
I, you know, you remember something like Inside Out from a few years ago, right? Where it's just like, you basically know that Inside Out, the moment you saw it was just like, this is like an instant classic, like, you know, top 10 movies of the year. Like, it's just that on that level. I don't think Luca is that, but I do think it's like a very, very good uh, Pixar movie. It's, um, it's really sweet. It's really heartwarming. Um it's if you don't know what it's about because i do think the advertisement has been very strange for this movie um they basically it's about uh this little kid who he's essentially what they call in the movie he's a sea monster and they basically live right off the shore it seems um of this uh italian city or italian town and they have the ability to go ashore and transform into humans, but they rarely ever do it because for obvious reasons, you know, people freak out and uh, monsters bad, you know, so they stay away from the shore and Luca is the main character. He meets this boy who essentially is living on both like partially in the human world and then also like he's a sea monster so he he's kind of in in between both worlds and he meets this kid and they get a they start a friendship and they both just and he starts to experience the real life world and he um starts to realize that maybe uh, he wants to be a part of the human world a little bit more so that's the basic idea of the story they meet a little they meet a, a girl they enter some uh, race type competition thing um it's just a really it's a pretty standard basic story like there's no, there's nothing in the story that's gonna blow you away like it feels like your average pixar story but the characters are really sweet it's really fun i i don't think uh it's it's hard to come away with this movie and go like oh, i didn't like it like i don't think you're gonna find many people who have like uh, like uh aggressively negative feelings about this movie and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it has just like this innocent quality to it like it's just this really like innocent fun is kind of the way that i would describe this movie and um i, I think it just really works on that level and on top of that there are like you know if you want to kind of look deeper into it you know there's things of like rejecting outsiders and stuff like that like there's themes in there that you can get if you really want to but overall, I just think that this is a really fun story, and it's a it's really it's a cute movie, and I I really enjoyed it. Um, like I said, don't have many negative thoughts about it, and I don't like reviewing movies by myself, so I'm keeping this very short. <laughs> um, yeah, so I give this movie a seven point five out of ten. It's a very good movie. Wow, you wow. should check it out. And it's free on Disney Plus, yeah? Yes, it's for free on Disney Plus. You wouldn't push for an eight? It's not equality? Not necessarily. Uh, (laughs) I mean, a a 7.5 is still good. Like, that's a good movie. I I think this has always been a battle from between me and Ozzy on this podcast of, like, what the numbers actually mean. (laughs) Ozzy gives out eights more like candy. Um... (laughs) I give nines like candy. I give nines that like, is, like, that is kind of true. like ice cream. Like, pew, 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 nine, nines everywhere. And then, and then I feel like <laughs> Brianna sometimes is like more, even more conservative with them than I am. Uh, oh, yeah, she is for sure. We were talking about it when we had lunch the other day. She's like, I'm very conservative. She's <laughs> like, I only, 
She's like, I only with give, her ratings to like, be uh, to be. Yeah. <laughs> Look, yeah, I mean, when you give out a nine, you're saying there's literally this movie is is one step away from perfect. Right. Yeah. So. And I mean, it is kind of strange that people, you know, people think of five as like bad, but five literally just means average. Yes. So it's yes. it's very strange that we go like there's a big difference between like a seven and a five because, you know, seven means generally positive, but five means like it was bad. But right. it, that's not what it means. But yeah, because, yeah well, no, I think I'm it's very, because of the. Very, very, yeah. I think it's because of the grading system in uh, I don't know what it's like in other countries, but especially in the United States, uh, the grading system says like uh, we think seven, we think 70, which is a C and the C is, you know, not it's, 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 it's technically average. Right. But then there's still just a different connotation to it, I guess. And then like you oh, think we want to be excellent. Right. Yes, we want to exactly. be like a plus. Yeah. But I mean, a plus is more than 100. So like <laughs> true. So, yeah, it's uh, I think that's why that there's a, you know, a weird uh, a weird thing with when it comes to the ratings. But I completely agree with you, Brianna, because like. If we th- if we're thinking ten is like perfect movie and zero is unwatchable, then I mean by def like just by logic, like five should be exactly in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> it should be completely like average. average. Um, so that's why I mean I am very conservative with even my eights because yeah, I'm like yeah. I don't I think there's maybe like a couple movies I see every year that that deserve an eight but i think when i start getting into nine and ten tory territory i start thinking of like movies that formed that shaped the way i think about movies because they're so excellent and so you'll almost never hear me give out a nine and i think i've only ever rated like five movies a 10 out of 10 yeah um see i because i used to when we were doing this more consistently i used to keep track of this uh a lot uh, I'll, I used to keep track of like the ratings you'd give and Ozzy, you would give, uh, probably I would say around 10 to 15 ish nines a year, Pro- you know, depending on the year and stuff like that. I give more about, uh, five to seven. Um, and then I don't know about Brianna. I wasn't keeping track of Brianna's, but I, if I would guess based on what she was just saying, I'm thinking like <laughs> maybe one to three, maybe average. I would say closer to zero really? a year. Yeah. Zero. Oh, uh, wow. Maybe, maybe one. Yeah. Maybe if like, it's just funny how know. it break, how it, just we have different approaches that's all I'm saying. it's just funny anyway we got off track real yeah quick. yeah for sure uh we are we have so much to talk about and we already got distracted um anyway <laughs> all right uh now we're going to talk about a movie that uh me and brianna saw and that is in a movie that brianna really wanted me to see um and that is I just want to- <laughs> hitman's wife's bodyguard i just want to check was it clear after you saw it why I was adamant that you go see it? Um, not necessarily, but then I saw okay. your letterbox review and I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. So this is the thing. And this is why I think that our review might entice Ozzy to like go see it is I think that this movie is fine. <laughs> I think. Okay. I, I think that uh, this 
um, if you remember, very enticing already. No, if I okay, because if I remember correctly, I could be wrong, but if I remember correctly, and maybe you can correct me, Ozzy, uh, I think you liked the first one more than I did. I don't even remember the first one. Like, I know I saw it, right? I just don't remember what happened in the movie. Like, maybe. I just don't remember. So, I like this movie more than the first one. And I think that it's, it's like, really funny at times. Like, there's genuinely moments in this movie that I, like, laughed out loud. And I was just like, that is pretty funny. Um, But, Brianna, I'm guessing you might have laughed at this movie in other ways. Um, no, not, <laughs> not even. even. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, well, let me put it this way. Um, I, I really, the only movie that was truly a waste of my time is one that I don't finish because I can't learn anything about filmmaking or, or, you know, movie criticism in general, if I don't take the whole work into account. So when I watch a movie, even if I start watching it, and it's extremely hard to get through. I'm going to finish it. I think I've only failed to finish like four movies ever. Okay. And I came very close to walking out <laughs> because I was just so done. Oh I was God. just so okay. done. Why? Was it just that it, I mean, I, I think in your review, you talked about the script and I, that was, the script was like my biggest complaint from the first movie. <laughs> Um, and it's not great in this movie. Like the story is whatever. Um, but like, what, what's why, like, what's your biggest reason that you almost walked out of this movie? Well, okay. So comedy is probably my least favorite genre because it's the most subjective, which means it's the, it's, it's the most difficult to compare opinions on. Um, so, you know, you're already starting off from a pretty shaky foundation when I'm when I'm watching it, because it's just a genre that I don't often, you know, dip my toe into. Um, I didn't laugh. I think I laughed out loud maybe twice. Um, I don't even think I, I think I don't even think the whole I think the whole rest of the movie, I didn't even smile. Like, I didn't even, I I think maybe twice I found it funny. Okay. See, we we just, uh, this is the thing. And this is why, uh, again, Ozzy, like, you got to see this movie, man. Uh, Well, knowing Ozzy, he'll probably love it. Yes. I I think, because I think at this point, at this point, I know I could be wrong. And maybe Ozzy will watch this and come back and say, you guys don't know me at all. But I think I know your sense of humor pretty well at this point, Ozzy. And I, mean, I, I think would hope so. We've known each other for ten years, bro. I, be <laughs> I think you will love the humor in this movie. I think, like, there is okay. <laughs> there is a scene. I'm not gonna spoil necessarily the scene, but there is a scene between. It's mostly between Ryan Reynolds and uh, Morgan Freeman <laughs> in this movie that i just was like dying i thought that like it's uh, like it's genuinely up there with like it's just like scenes that comedy scenes that you just remember from movies like i I feel like this movie this one will stick with me i really think it's so funny and there's moments like that in this is there a lot of dumb humor of course like yes it's 
it's there's really stupid humor at, at times but i think that it just works in terms of like uh the humor uh specifically in this movie and it works well enough as an action movie that it's like whatever um but man it's it's so much funnier than the first one i think they leaned really hard into the comedy this time around whereas in the first one it was more about like the chemistry between um between ryan reynolds and samuel jackson uh and that's what carried kind of like the humor of that movie whereas this one it feels like more they just were like let's just make this funny first and foremost and then we'll worry about all the other stuff last and they did the script is still not great uh but i do think that the humor really works at times and there's scenes that will stick with me in terms of just you know scenes like um the 22 jump street scene you, you know that scene ozzy where uh where they find where they find out that channing tatum is it channing tatum no they find out that uh jonah hill slept with slept with <laughs> you know um slept with his, his, his captain's daughter and channing tatum is like behind the glass freaking out and losing it and it's just it there are scenes like that that reminded me of that in this in this movie that i was just like this is just so funny i don't even care if the rest of the movie is dumb <laughs> um <laughs> And obviously not everyone's going to agree with that and find it as funny as I did, but, uh, and you know, I'll let Brianna uh, roast the movie or continue to roast the movie. Uh, but man, there's, there's moments in this movie that really got to me, uh, as dumb as they are. Um, but yeah, I will agree with what I'm guessing is your biggest flaw. And that is the script being terrible because it is, <laughs> um, what do you think, Brietta? Uh, I know, obviously, you didn't find it as funny as I did. Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> um, and I mean, I get that, like, some movies are just meant to be absurdist and not take themselves too seriously. And so it doesn't really matter if the script is good mm -hmm. or not, because, you know, you know, the primary function of it is to make you laugh, but it didn't. Um for me. Uh, so I just found myself watching a movie that I found incredibly tedious. <laughs> um, yeah, I've understood. So I also don't understand why they had, I mean, did I miss something about how they cast Antonio Banderas as like, is that supposed to be funny that they cast Antonio Banderas as a Greek man or I, I, I don't know. That was very strange to me too. <laughs> It was a like, weird casting, yeah. I was like, he's got he's got a thick Latin accent. <laughs> Why is he? Is this part of the joke and I just don't find it funny or uh, Yeah, I don't know because they definitely obviously based on, you know, the the one scene that I described uh, and you know what I'm talking about, Brianna, they they use casting to make a joke uh in this movie, but I don't If they if they had if they had not acknowledged the specific relationship that they had, I probably would have found it funnier right. and been like, okay, well, I can't take this movie that seriously then. <laughs> but then they felt the need to explain it away. And I was like, okay, so you are catering to some level of logic then. 
So you right? wanted them to commit even further. Yeah. I was like, look, if you're going to go whole hog and you're going to just go complete absurd oddball comedy, then go full on. And like, don't even bother saying the thing. Cause like, I mean, it's kind of weird to dance around it, but I mean, we uh, can go into it. I, I think it'll, I mean, I don't know. That's the thing is like, will it still be funny to Ozzy if he knows going in? Uh, regardless, I think it, if they, you know, they, you know, they want to have their cake and eat it too with that joke, that joke specifically, but <laughs> I, um, I, I was like, uh, you know, in my head, I had some ideas about how I wanted that scene to go because I was like, okay, if you can bring in this, you know, I kind of wanted it to be um, Kevin Costner because I thought that would be hilarious. Uh, you know, considering the whole bodyguard motif of this uh, yeah. series. And I was like, I'll <laughs> give this movie way, I'll give this movie major points. Uh, but anyway, I don't mean to get into the weeds of right. the movie. I just meant that like, um, I didn't, I didn't find it very funny. I thought it was really awkward to watch, not for like all the vulgar content. Cause obviously it's extremely vulgar. Oh, yes. <laughs> Um, and not, not just, it wasn't just awkward because of that. I, I mean, it was just awkward in terms of like, if you're going to go absurdist, go absurdist. Mm. Don't also try to explain things away, you know, go 30 rock where random things can happen and we don't acknowledge it as, you know, I just, I, I, it was almost unbearable (laughs) for me. Yeah. Um, it, I, I, <laughs> Ozzy, are you are you intrigued? Mm. <laughs> Look, the fact that you like it and she hates it, a little bit intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> I figured if if anything, just on a base level, the fact that Brianna hated it and I loved it would be like interesting to you. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. I'm just like. Mm. I was like, I was kind of looking at showing and I'm like, should I, should I watch it after this, after, after, after this episode or? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't want to like dwell on this movie for too much longer because you know, like, I mean, even I who like r- did really enjoy the movie, like I'm not going to sit here and say like, it's worth like deep analysis. <laughs> like, I don't think so. Um, no. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do just, man, there's, it's definitely one of those comedies where, and that's the thing, like, again, it's weird because the first one I wouldn't really classify as just a comedy, whereas this one, I think they just leaned into it and just decided, like, hey, yeah, we're just going to make this a comedy. Um, so, but I, I do think this is one of the, one of the, those comedies where, like, for me personally, and that's what it is with like the, with humor in general, like the comedy, like the highs were so high with the, with the funny that I was just like, (laughs) I don't really care how consistent it is or how well-written it is. I just think that it's really funny. Um, and that, that's just kind of where I was with the movie, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm very curious to see what Ozzy's reaction would have been. And I really wish, uh, you could have seen it, Ozzy, to talk about I'm, it. Well, I think it would be interesting for him to see it and then have him back on to yeah. talk about it, yeah. knowing how we feel about it. But I can tell you right now that if I hated it, he's going to love it. 
<laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I give you that's, 10 that's to 1 a, odds. That's a fair assumption. All right, let's write this movie and then we can move on. Uh, I gave it <laughs> See, I know we're like way off on this because I know your letterbox star review. Uh, but I What did I even give it? I think you gave it like a half a star. <laughs> I think mean, that's too generous. Jeez. <laughs> See, I, I gave this like a seven out of 10 because just on a base level, I enjoyed this movie. Like there's no yeah, denying I mean, that. It's all about subjective experience. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but what do you, what about you? <laughs> yeah, I gave it a half star on Letterboxd. I don't think that's even, I don't, I would never watch this movie again. Uh, I feel cheated out of, out of, you know, the runtime of this movie. I don't think I can even rightly, uh, and, I do Barely quite enjoy. Rated. I, I, I do just quite have, enjoy how much you hate this movie. Not gonna lie. I just have such a resentment, such a seething hatred of this movie that I I'm just gonna abstain. You know, you you don't need a number in summation <laughs> of how I feel about this movie. Right. Think with your heart, All right. and you'll come to understand how I feel about this movie in number form. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, I I give it a I give it a six. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Ozzy gives it a nine out of ten. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. All right. Oh yeah, nines everywhere we go. All right. Um, let's move on to In the Heights and um. I'm sorry, Brianna, this is a Latino movie, so you're not a Latino. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's funny, because I'm actually I'm actually Latina. <laughs> no. Um You're Latina? Holy crap. What? Ozzy, I'm pretty sure I've told you this like five times. <laughs> um, I have I have Latin heritage. Yeah. I do. Awesome. All right. So we're all qualified. No, let's get into it. No, we're all qualified. All right. Um, Ozzy, we're going to, you haven't talked as much uh, yet because, you know, we just reviewed two things that you haven't seen. So we're going to start with you. What did you think of In the Heights? I got to say, this is like one of my favorite musicals in the last couple of years. I think it's amazing. I think the music is incredible. I absolutely love the music in this movie. I think it's incredible. I think the the choreography in this move in this movie, and you know, the dance choreography. I think it's great. I think you know, like it, it the dance choreography is on is on a huge scale in this movie, and um, I don't remember seeing anything like this huge. Like I think since like Les Mis, I could be wrong, but um, I mean, I think this even now did. Uh, Lay Miz. I mean, I I absolutely loved this movie. What do you guys think, Brianna? Um, I, I I you know have to echo what Ozzy said. I I loved the music. Um, I did have a hard time sitting through the whole thing. It was nearly two and a half hours, and I feel like it's easier to watch a live musical that's two and a half hours than it is to watch a, a film of one. Um, but there weren't any songs where I felt like there was a lull. Uh, and I found it really moving, too. There were some scenes where I cried. Uh, so it definitely took me on a genuine like emotional journey. And I had some of the songs in my head for like the whole week after I saw the movie. Yeah, so at the, as, at the end of the day, uh, I mean, I'm glad I watched it, but I don't think I, I don't think I will again. Um. Yeah, that's and that seems to be the most uh, common criticism of this movie is that it 
was a little bulky. Like there is definitely some things uh, there. I think uh, you, it probably could have used a more ruthless editor <laughs> to be like, all right, we can cut some of this off. We can trim this. We can, you know, just, I mean, two and a half hours, uh, you know, uh, two and a half hours long. is two and a half hours. <laughs> it's that's like, that's pretty, um, but I do think for the most part, it benefits the movie that, you know, they kept in a lot of the different storylines and stuff like that. And they didn't cut too much from, you know, just, I, I think you could, e I could easily see someone complaining about there's too many characters, there's too many main characters, what, you know, there's too many different storylines going on. It's a little convoluted, but I think ultimately the, the movie works because of all these different storylines. I think that this movie is kind of meant to be like this really big kind of, you know, uh, tapestry is that the right word? Like it's supposed to be like this big yeah. monument to Latino culture in America. And I think that it function it really works well in that function. Um, you know, it's, it's beautiful. This, this movie, like, that's just a great way to describe this movie is that it's, it's really beautiful. Um, and I think if you, you know, if you trim down on, you know, this, this storyline over here or this storyline over here, then you might miss some of that. And you might, you know, miss like a different aspect of Latino culture. And, you know, there's a, a section of, uh, the audience that wasn't even satisfied with all of this, you know, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda had to come out and like apologize that, you know, uh, of the colorism. Yeah. The, of the colorism. Um, so there's, there's different aspects that this movie doesn't even get to. And I feel like they got to a lot of it and almost to the movies. It, it almost, it almost crossed the line of being to the movie's detriment that they cover so much of it, you know? So it's, it's, well, that's why it's I think, that it's best, like, that's kind of a, a fundamental problem with um, transfer of the medium. Because, I mean, Cats had another problem like that, where some things just work really well live, you know, as opposed to uh, in, in a film. Um, and, you know, your attention span is different when you know you have one set of expectations versus another set of expectations and so unfortunately that's just an inherent flaw in you know adaptation some things that you enjoy about the original are going to be cheapened in the the transference um i mean does that make sense yeah yeah for sure um but it's definitely worth watching once i think for everyone, especially if you're a fan of musicals. Yeah. And especially if you're a fan of Lin-Manuel Miranda's uh, stylings, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I do think that probably like the thing that deserves the most praise is probably the direction. I mean, it's like the musical sequences are so beautifully directed and it's it's there everything is really well done the, the music is obviously we've already talked about that really really good and definitely gets in your head um and kind of sticks with you um yeah and, and like i said i just think you know there are a lot of there's a lot of different things happening there's uh two different romances essentially happening in this movie you know there's a storyline of uh 
someone worried that they're not going to be able to get the most out of life because of their immigration status going on in this movie. There's, uh, there's kind of storylines of gentrification (laughs) with gentrification going on in this movie. Like there is a lot and it is super ambitious in terms of like everything that it's trying to do. But for me, I think overall it really is able to work uh, rather well in terms of telling as much as it can and just painting as complete of a picture as it can. Um, but yeah, uh, Ozzy, what other positives do you have? Um, I mean, I, th- I just think this is a really unique musical in my opinion. I mean, I just, I mean, it, it, it just blows like everything out of the park in terms of everything I've seen. Um, I mean, it has, I haven't seen rap in a musical before, you know? So this is like the first time I'm seeing it. Um, yeah, he has this in Hamilton. I have not seen Hamilton. I'm sorry, guys. You, I haven't seen hate it. Disney but, Plus? Um, yeah, you know, I'm kind of rebelling. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, this is the first time I've seen it. Um, I mean, if it is in Hamilton, that's great. That's awesome. But this is the this is my first experience with it. Um, and I loved it. I mean, I, I just think it added like another element to the movie. I think it added like another piece of culture to the movie. Um, so I mean, I really love that. I think the cast also did an amazing job. Um, to me, some standouts were Anthony Ramos. He was like the, pretty much like the main, the main lead, Melissa, um, Barrera, I think that's not your name, Corey Hawkins, and then Stephanie Beatrice, she plays Rosie and Brooklyn the Night. She, she shocked me. I was literally like texting yeah. my friends. I'm like, Rosie is in this musical. I'm freaking out because like she was like a completely different person and she did an amazing job. So it's always a shock when you hear her voice for the first time. Like I've heard her in interviews before and it's just like, whoa, (laughs) like it's crazy how different it is from the voice that she does on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Like I was just shocked, you know? So I was just like, what the, what the hell am I hearing right now? And then just hearing her sing, I was like, oh my God, she could sing. (laughs) It was just, insane to me and i was pleasantly surprised and like brandon said i mean for me it really brought me on like an emotional kind of journey um so there's times where i was just i was just getting hyped you know with everybody there because that's literally something there's literally that's literally something that i've seen i see myself doing and that i have done you know um and like being a part of a community and i really like it and i think this musical has a lot of heart i personally like conceive the argument of the runtime being kind of a negative, but I'm with Carlos and it, you know, like where it wasn't, if it wasn't as long as it was, I don't think it would have gotten, um, I think it would have taken away from some of the heart. Um, we wouldn't have seen as much as we did. And I, I loved every bit of this movie. I mean, I really don't have a negative in this movie. Um, so yeah, I think, I think this is, this is, this overall an amazing musical an amazing movie. And, um, I loved it. Well, let's uh, move on to negatives because I I do want to talk a little bit more about this runtime because while I do think in terms of like the different storylines and some of the musical numbers, I don't think there's too much on that front that you could cut. I do think that there's maybe like bits and pieces you can trim, uh, but I mean, I'll, I'll, I can give you some things that you could easily be cut out of this movie. Like to me, the framing device for this movie is wholly unnecessary. Like, I don't think it was needed whatsoever. Like it's, it's essentially, um, our main character telling, 
a bunch of kids the story of the movie. And we go back to it a lot, like a lot, way too much. I, I think maybe you could put it at the beginning of the movie and just never go back to it until be, until the end of the movie. And it would have been completely fine. Um, or just don't put it in at all. Like, I really think that that whole element of the movie could have been cut and it just messed with the pacing a little bit for me where we kept like essentially like uh, slamming on the brakes and going back to this for no reason. Um, and then the the only like actual like music element or like mini story, if you even want to call it that, that I would cut. And I think this is a rather popular thing to say. Lin-Manuel Miranda, you're a very talented man, but you did not need to be in this movie. <laughs> Like <laughs> your your song was unnecessary. You it, it felt like if you don't want it to be just a cameo, like cool. But you gave yourself a song that didn't need to be there. It was unnecessary. And then it was even like the tag at the end of the movie. Like I don't know. Like it didn't need to be there. That could have been cut too. You know. And there we go. We've just shaved like ten minutes off of the movie. <laughs> like I don't know. It just uh um yeah. There's definitely. As much as I, I think that the core story didn't need to be shaved down, I'm not, like, I I have seen people complain about, like, there's too many different main characters. I don't agree with that. I think that it works on that level. But there's definitely bits and pieces that we could have shaved off to get this runtime down a little bit more and maybe kept the movie going. Um, but, yeah, Brianna, do you have any uh, negatives? Yeah, I mean, mostly just how much how, how how long it is like i understand that some things are just integral and i won't take that away um but it just kind of like there were some parts where i was like man i have been watching this movie for a long time um so uh, i mean it's kind of like i said a fundamental a fundamental i guess it's a pitfall or like a downside as opposed to a flaw necessarily but um i mean that would probably be my biggest i don't even know if it's a criticism because i don't know how long the original i don't know how long the original musical was i don't really know anything about the original musical yeah, except that either. it premiered in like 2008 i think um so I mean, it just like you can feel it unless you are a huge fan of the musical and you are invested in every single detail of every single subplot, which, you know, I didn't I didn't not care. Um, I think you're right in saying that, like, there's not I don't think there are too many main characters. I, you know, I'm invested in I was invested, but even being invested, it was hard not to be like, OK, yeah, I've been here for two hours now. Um and not to feel that, uh, you know, and uh, be like, OK, uh, you know, so that that would probably be my biggest criticism overall. I mean, I love musicals, so I guess that's it's kind of doubly potent knowing that I love musicals and I could I sat there and I watched all of Hamilton, didn't have any problem with it. Uh, and Hamilton's three hours long, <laughs> so. Yeah, um, that's fair. Uh, you know, and like your expectations are different for a live performance versus a, f a film. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of doubly uh, upsetting when you're when you love musicals and you're like, OK, this is going on for too long. Um, that's really all I have to say about it, though. I all mean, right. 
I overall enjoyed. Um, uh, Ozzy, do you have anything else you wanted to get to before we uh, rate this movie and move on? That's about it for me, man. All right. Well, Ozzy, let's start with you. What do you got? <sighs> I'm giving it a nine. <laughs> Bro, li- living up to the meme. I love it. I love it. I never change, Ozzy. I, like, I was literally, I literally like wrote it. I was like, I was gonna repair it, and then literally, you guys started talking about it. I'll give my eyes now. It's just never change. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> if we ever, if we ever make uh, or get back to making T-shirts, you know, Ozzy giving something a nine. Got to incorporate that somehow for sure. That's but. yep. He's- <laughs> the nine guy yeah. all right uh yeah i gave this movie well maybe i'm the 7.5 guy today but yeah i give it a 7.5 i i i think it's kind of disrespectful that you gave hitman's bodyguards well, whatever I gave hitman's the, bodyguard is seven it's fine that you're saying <laughs> they're not all created equal it's fine. difference this emotional journey with incredible music and moving performances. It's hey, only Hitman's body, Hitman's bodyguard or Hitman's wife's bodyguard. Uh, at least was like an hour and a half or whatever. So like, who cares? <laughs> Still too long. I just, I just feel like at you have a lot minutes. more positive things to say about this movie. You did about the other movie. You had a lot more negatives about the other movie than compared to this movie. It's, it's I mean, there are some <laughs> movies that that are objectively bad that I love. So I can give it in terms of like objective quality, I can give it a three. But in terms of my personal experience, I can give it a ten. Well, the thing is, I, I don't know. Like, I, it's it's weird. I don't want to get into the weeds on this, but yeah, I I just uh, ultimately like I kind of look at what the movie kind of set out to do, and that movie clearly was set out to make people laugh, and I can't deny that I laughed a lot in that movie. So it's just it's a good to me by definition that makes it like a good movie it's fine um whereas and and with this i yes i do think that it's it's really well directed it's really well acted and the musical numbers are really good i don't think that this isn't a, a musical that's gonna like stick with me like super long term you know like i think of you know i I could go back and actually look, but I'm not going to of how many times I have seen like a movie like La La Land where I don't see myself watching this movie as much as I watch that movie. So like that's where like to me, it's it's kind of the same discussion. I actually, I think, gave it the same rating as Luca, where it's not like the instant classic that I kind of wanted, but it's undeniably a very good movie. Um so that's kind of where I fall within the heights. Yeah, I think I think I'll probably also give it a seven point five. To be honest. Yeah. But you, you but you didn't heard? give Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard a seven, so that's where that's why it's okay. No, for I you. didn't because <laughs> I think that one of these is much better than the other one. <laughs> uh, agree to get, disagree, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys are just rude. It's a nine. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway. Uh, go see this movie, by the way. Like, come on. Uh, what are we doing here? Uh, I'm tired of people being like, oh, it's not performing well. Like, come on, people. Yeah, see this movie. Okay. Um, all right. Let's talk about a movie that came out a while ago. <laughs> um, and we're just now getting to it. And that is Conjuring. Uh, the Devil Made Me Do It. 
otherwise known as Conjuring 3, because I don't want to say that title over and over again. Um, I think this movie is solid, I guess. Um, it's, it's weird because I don't think it functions super well as like a horror movie. I, I just don't think it's scary. Um, it's not, it wasn't. Yeah. But oddly enough, I think it functions pretty well as like a murder mystery type movie. (laughs) like a you know a supernatural detective movie almost it's yeah. really it's really interesting uh, it's it was a weird experience because you know you go into it expecting like you know the con you know the first conjuring which is like a classic of modern horror right and then you have the second uh conjuring which in my opinion is a decent step down but it's still a very good horror movie like it's still got uh pretty solid horror elements and then this it's nowhere near those other two in terms of like a horror movie. It's a major step down, but I still kind of think it's a good movie. <laughs> so I, it's a weird, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I definitely had a, a strange reaction to this movie. Uh, Brianna, what about you? Um, This was actually the first Conjuring movie I ever saw. Oh, that's interesting. Excuse me. Um, yeah. You, you have I, a unique perspective then. I'm curious to hear what you thought yeah. of it. Um, I didn't, I didn't find it terribly scary. Um, but I did think it was interesting because I've been, I mean, I love true crime and I love fictional crime and I'm really interested in the paranormal. I've been watching a lot of supernatural. I've been watching a lot. I mean, I watched a lot of, uh, like true crime, uh, media. So that's kind of where I was coming at it from. And I loved like the way that they produced some of the supernatural sequences. Um, I was kind of thinking, thinking about it from a true crime perspective, because I was like, you know, there are scenes where he's in an environment where there should be cameras and supernatural stuff is very clearly happening. And I was like, are they getting this? Are they getting this? (laughs) Are they getting this? (laughs) Like there's somebody recording this. I was like, they don't, they don't have, um, they definitely don't. I'm like, I was like, okay, I don't know anything about the original case, but there's absolutely no way that he has a justifiable defense in terms of demonic possession. The courts will never acknowledge the existence of the paranormal. And I don't think they did in the, in in the, no, I was like, like you are opening such a, you're opening, you're just, opening a huge can of worms if you ever set that kind of precedent. I was like, so there's no way that they're going to allow that. Uh, but I think he has a pretty good a pretty good case if you just show everybody this video of like this weird supernatural stuff happening. Um, like prove, you know, proven. Um, uh, all in all, I thought it was an interesting true crime movie with some interesting supernatural sequences but uh, yeah you're right i didn't think it was terribly scary right. so i i am kind of i'm kind of tracking with you uh yeah. but yeah it, it, i it was this kind of flies uh, in the face of what i just said where it's like what did the movie set out to do <laughs> where i think like i mean i guess this is you know as marketed as a horror movie it's it is a horror movie and it's not scary so it didn't do what it wanted to do necessarily but 
but it wasn't. But then I still think it's a good movie. So it's literally the opposite of what I was just talking about. (laughs) It wasn't disappoint. It wasn't disappointing. Like if you go in expecting and hoping to be scared, especially since there were a lot of jump scares and a lot of that. I mean, I know that that's like a common thing in modern horror movies, but um, I would be sitting there and I went to go see it with a friend of mine who has seen all of the Conjuring movies and she loves them. And she would like jump out of her seat when jump scares came. And I was like, they're so easy to like, you can see them coming it's, like so far in advance. They're not, you know, that's the kind of the problem with jump scares is that they were, they require a setup. Yeah. Um, so I was like, in terms of, you know, if you want to talk about how many times they, activated a nerve response like (laughs) a number of times but like in terms of like atmospheric scares are we really asking for that for modern horror sequels nonetheless yeah um uh ozzy i i know you're not the biggest horror fan uh so i just want to get your overall thoughts but then i also am gonna toss a question your way uh would this movie be better if they keep the same script, everything stays the same, except James Wan is directing. Is this movie more scary? Uh, yeah, because uh, I was actually thinking about that when I when I was like done watching it. I was just like, it's not the same. Like, I don't get the same feel. Like, I don't get the same. I don't know. Like, there's 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 something special about the first two. Like, like objectively, like in terms of like a horror movie. The first one is better than the second, but I personally like the second one better because look at the at the chemistry of Ed and Lorraine Warren. You know, I think Patrick Wilson and and, and Vera Farmiga. I mean, I think they did they're an amazing, amazing job, yeah. and, and 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 they're amazing in this movie too. I For mean, sure. I'm not going to take that away. I mean, for, but to me, there's like a peak, and to me, that peak was too, especially in the chemistry. Because I mean, there's there's just it's a lot that goes on in that second movie. And I love their chemistry there peaked for me. Um, but for me, this feels more like a product. You know what I mean? And I wasn't really a fan of this, of this, of this last one, as much as I was at the second, uh, this is kind of like a disappointment for me because as much as I don't love horror movies, you know, I still appreciate the art of it. You know what I mean? And I really, and I really just felt like this was just a, like another, like a, this was just a product just being pushed out because they wanted to just, you know, make more money, um, which is, I guess, fine if that's what you want to do. But I mean, it's, this isn't, it's just really disappointing in terms of this being like the third one. And I don't know if they're going to make a fourth and I don't know, or, or I don't know if they're going to just end it on the trilogy. Um, but this is a very disappointing third movie for me. Um, cause the horror wasn't that great. It just wasn't, I, I wasn't really like, um, grappling to the story as much as I, as I, as I did with the, with the, with the last, um, the last two cases or stories. Um, so, so I mean, for me, it was, it was kind of a disappointment. Right. So you weren't as intrigued with like the whole, you know, m- detective story slash murder mystery aspect of it then. <laughs> I think it's interesting, but it didn't, it wasn't executed as well as it could have been. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, cause I mean, I've been watching a lot of cop shows too. You know, I, I've told you both recently, I've been watching a lot of cop shows. Uh, yeah, we know. 
Um, so I mean, it's and it, you know, and, and it's it's you know, it's fun. Like I do like the investigating aspect, but for me, it just wasn't executed well. Um, you know, like I think the guy who directed this is Michael uh, Braves or something like that. Um, but I mean, I just wasn't. For me, he just didn't do as good of a job. Um, and, and, and for me, it was just, you know, I could see that. I mean, there was really one, there was really one scene where I was like, okay, this is really great. This is amazing. But then after that, like, I just, I was just disappointed by everything else around it. You know, everything was just fine for me. And if I wanted to be fine, I would just go and watch like a, like a generic horror movie. Um, but I, I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get the conjuring feels in the third one. And that's, that's why I'm so disappointed by it because I mean, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a conjuring movie. Well, I think that's, I think that's very fair that it doesn't feel like a conjuring movie. I think honestly, um, it's, it's funny because I remember a movie that you actually liked, um, honestly more than I did. Um, what was it called? Um, uh, it's the movie, uh, it's like in the night in the, I can't remember, but it was like, um, it basically was a zombie-ish movie, but it was a horror movie. It came out like probably 2016 because that was the year that we both saw the most movies like ever. Um, it was like an indie it, horror movie. Um, it comes at night? It, it, it comes at night. That that sounds right. Um, okay. But yeah, and I remember comparing that movie to, it didn't necessarily feel as much like a horror movie. It felt like a really long, really good episode of The Walking Dead. <laughs> um, uh and whereas this movie, I think, doesn't feel like a horror movie. It feels like a really long, pretty good episode of, like, Supernatural. You know, like, they're essentially chasing a witch in this movie. That's what it is. They're trying to figure out where the witch's hiding place. Um, that You know, it's, it's, that's what this movie is. <laughs> like, yeah. and on that level, I, I kind of disagree with you, Ozzy. I think it works really well on that level. Like I, like I said, I think it's a really, like if it's a long episode of Supernatural, it's a really good long episode of Supernatural. Um, so for me, it works in that way uh, really well. But I agree with you that, you know, <laughs> it's almost like I, I think there, there's definitely movies that are in franchises where you kind of have to, just, you sit back and you go, is it a good, you know, we'll go with marvel for lack of a better example is it a good uh marvel movie no or or is uh, let's go with james bond is um specter a good james bond movie Eh, it's it's fine it's whatever is specter a good spy movie yeah i mean it's a it's almost like it doesn't live up to the standards of the franchise in which it's in um and i think that's part of the that might be like the biggest thing with the conjuring or the conjuring three where it's like it's a conjuring movie so there's a certain level of expectation but i think if you kind of step back and like just look at it in terms of like the filmmaking like it's a good movie i i I do think this is a good movie um and i echo everything you said about Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, I think that they were like, it's weird because they're like born to play these roles. Like they fit so well in these, as these characters. And they're definitely like, it's one, they're one of those performances where you almost, especially Vera Farmiga, I just can't imagine anybody else in this role. Like she's so good as Lorraine Warren. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, for me, it just, they carry the movie. Yeah. They keep the I movie going. Agree. 
but I mean, for me, it's just like, you know, you said it's supernatural. And I mean, if I want to watch supernatural, I'll just turn on supernatural. You know what I mean? But if I'm watching a conjuring movie, this is just conjuring. Cause for me, I mean, I mean, I mean, James Wan, I mean, insidious, you know, you have insidious, you have con- the conjuring. I mean, these are movies that, I mean, these are, these are on people's top 10 in the first movie. I mean, these are on people's top 10 horror movies of the decade. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for me, I mean, even two, I mean, again, I mean, I'm willing to admit the conjuring one is, is definitely like, if you're talking about just horror, it's a better film objectively. I personally, the second one more, but I mean, this one, it's just, it's not going to be in my top 10 of the decade. It's just not, it's just a, it's just a general, it's just a generalized horror movie. And I don't, I don't think I'm going to remember this movie. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of like, there's for me, it's just, it's, it's, like if I'm looking for, like, it's just not like, I guess, I mean, it's, it's a, it's good for what it was, but it's just not what I was looking forward to yeah, in a fair. conjuring, in a, in, a, in a conjuring film. Um, I think if James Wan would have directed it, maybe would have turned out different, maybe a little bit better. I, I don't know, but it, you know, I was just left like a little bit disappointed because it's just not something that I would have expected in the third and possible final installment of the conjuring franchise. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's safe to say that it would have been better if James Wan directed it. Yeah, I mean, James Wan is like one of the most... It's it's weird because uh, it's... I, I think a lot of people don't necessarily think of him this way yet because like he's still like a relatively young director but if you just look at his filmography like he's one of the most influential like horror de- directors like of yeah, all time I mean, probably he, i mean he, he directed the first saw movie he directed insidious which turned into a franchise he directed the conjuring which turned into a franchise like bro how many franchises does this man need to start before we start acknowledging that this is one of like the best horror uh minds like ever <laughs> Um, yeah, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, that's what he is, you know? And I, I wish that he would have finished one of them because, I mean, he didn't direct, I don't think he directed Insidious 3 and he didn't, he didn't direct this movie. Um, so, I mean, I wish that he would, like, you know, finish a franchise. <laughs> like that, He's off starting other franchises. I know, I, I know. You went for Aquaman, and I. I that's, <laughs> God, let's not talk um, about Aquaman. Aquaman's not a horror movie. He, he was, he was not in but, his um, real house. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I just wish you would have like finished this franchise. Out of all the franchises that I mean, I wish you would have finished. I wish it would have been this one because I really, The Conjuring holds sure. a little like a little special place in my heart. You know what I mean? And I, I'm saying I was just a little bit disappointed. So I mean, um, but yeah, Brandon, like, what did you think? Did you have like any more positives? Any more? negatives like what do you like like what do you think no i mean i think y'all are right in saying patrick wilson and vera farmiga are they have great very natural chemistry together as the warrens and um i, I mean i'm not disappointed because i didn't have any expect i didn't have any particular expectations yeah, going true. in like um everyone says that these are like the greatest horror movies of all time but i'm not attached to any kind of horror from the conjuring because this was my first conjuring movie and i love supernatural so even if i wasn't going in looking for an episode of supernatural i'm not going to be disappointed if i find one <laughs> but, but i mean that's just, that, that's a subjective thing like yeah. i'm not going to take that away from you because like it, it how, how you enjoy a movie really does depend on your expectations sure. going in. um 
more than we so, want to admit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. like 100, almost a hundred percent. Cause there are some objective things like, you know, some technical things that you can get into, but most of what we want from most of how we feel about a movie is based on our expectations. So, um, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I thought, you know, okay, well jump scares, you know, okay, fine. But I mean, I, I, it was also it was like a little kind of catered to me because I like the paranormal and true crime and, you know, that kind of thing. So, I, I mean, I I had a good time and I, you know, I thought that the way that they did some sequences was really interesting um, and creative. But I think that's about it. All right. Well, uh, unless you have anything else, Ozzy, let's rate this movie. And we can move on to Loki. Um, I gave this movie a 7.2. I'm really loving the sevens today. Woo. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I just, I do think that this is just a good movie and yes, it might not be live up to the standards of like the conjuring franchise and it might be really just fundamentally different than the other conjuring movies, but to me, this is a better version of like the exorcism of Emily Rose, where that's like essentially a legal drama where uh, about like an exorcism where they kind of were like eh, legal dramas, not as exciting. Let's go with like the actual detective side of that, but still tell a similar story than that or to that. And I think they were successful. Um, this is this is a good movie. 7.2. Ozzy. Mm, I give it a five. <laughs> all right fair enough fair enough uh brianna oh good i'll give it a 6.7 i don't want to go quite all the way up to seven but i'll give it i don't it's better than a six i think yeah all right all right well there it is we have gotten through our movies so now we're going to talk about loki and Spoiler warning, we are going to get into Loki, uh, the first three episodes. That's where we are at the time of recording. Um, not me, actually. I've only seen the first two episodes, but it's fine. I'm just going to suck it up and uh, listen to us discuss the third one as well. Um, but yes, that's where we are. So spoiler warnings, if you have spoiler warning, if you have not seen Loki episodes one through three, we're going to talk about them probably uh, with some spoilers, so you've been warned. Um, all right. Well, Brianna, it would be a crime against uh, this podcast and against humanity if we didn't start with you. How are you enjoying Loki so far? Uh, I I loved episode one. Uh, I thought uh, this is going to be, this is right up my alley. Um, can't wait. I thought episode two was slower in terms of like pacing, but it had one hell of an ending. Uh, and I thought that made up for it. Uh, did not care for episode three. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that we get back into the rhythm that we had before. Um, but I mean, look, in terms of like the goals of the show, what they want is for me to watch. And I'm going to watch. I watched the first episode three times before the second one came out. And I probably could have watched it every day until the second episode came out. And I'm going to watch this series an another dozen times, probably. Like, it's just a matter of how much I'm going to enjoy it. 
<laughs> okay. All right. Um, Ozzy? I think Loki is probably the best out of the MCU shows. I think we could all agree there. Um, we can. I think it's really... Yeah, wait. You don't. You disagree? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I haven't, I haven't watched so the far? third episode, so I guess I have an so incomplete. Far? I I would say incomplete, but I mean, I'm a so huge far? Wandavision fan, so probably uh, not. <laughs> I uh, wouldn't say that. God, but bro, I can't. I can't stand you. I mean, it's good up until the ending, but whatever. We, whatever. We'll I mean, we haven't later. got to the ending of anyway. Loki. I don't know how you can. <laughs> I don't know true. how three episodes well, guys, in that's you're saying. So that's why I said so far. But even so then, far. if you're judging the first three episodes so of Loki versus far. the first three episodes so of WandaVision. Far. Yeah. Really? I think it's better. Yeah. Okay. I mean, agree to disagree. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I mean, that's what I told my friends, but I was getting in trouble. But anyways, listen to me. I think this is a really great... I think it's really great. Um, so we're doing like a mid-season review here since we're like halfway in. I think the cast is great. You know, the fact that they added Owen Wilson... I love him. I think he's. I think it was great in the last two episodes. He wasn't in the third one, but you know, the last like the first two episodes he was in. I loved him. The chemistry between him and Tom Hiddleston is is just fantastic. I love like their dialogue. I love like everything about their relationship so far. Um, and I really did love. I think the second one might be like my favorite episode because of the dialogue that they really do have, and they really do have some interesting dialogue about like where they come from um and just kind of explaining like the situation that they're in um so i really personally do like the first two episodes the third episode still pretty great in my opinion but it's the weaker out of it's the weaker episode out of the three um you know because you get you get time with loki and you also get time with sylvie who is a female variant of loki um, and I think, I think the stuff that goes on in that episode is also pretty great as well. Um, it's just not as good as the other two. Um, but you do find out more stuff about Loki. And I feel like that's the thing that people tend to gloss over is he's opening up to this version of, of, of he's opening up to somebody. And if it's going to be anybody that is going to be opening up to, why wouldn't it be himself? And I think that we get a lot of, of, of that in the third episode, you know, and, and, and you get a little bit of who Sylvie is and like how her powers pretty much kind of work. Um, also in the third, in the third episode, and there's also a little bit of a twist also about, um, the TVA members and, and how they acquire their members, um, in the third episode. So, I mean, for me, it was, it was still really good. So, you know, great, um, to watch. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's how I pretty much feel overall about it. Carlos, what did you think about the first two episodes? since you forgot about the third episode apparently hey i've been busy there's not much i literally like sometimes i just say like hey my bad i just didn't get to or i just forgot or didn't see it but i i don't even feel bad to be honest like i've been so busy it's been it was literally impossible probably for me to see you bro it's i know um but anyway yeah i i i do really like uh the first two episodes and i really am enjoying it so far i think that i it's it's weird because i think it's hard to talk about this for me because to me the most interesting aspect of this is uh the implications for the larger mcu 
uh, that to me, that's the most interesting part of this, this entire show. Uh, like what these revelations mean uh, for the MCU, because if you remember all the way back to our Avengers Endgame uh, review, uh, one of my criticisms of that movie was that they fumbled the ball at the goal line when it comes to uh, when it comes to how they handled the time travel thing. Like I think that it made sense all the way up until the end, and then they introduced the Captain America thing, and it's just like, what? Now it doesn't make any sense. How does this work? Um, and I think that essentially this is like trying to explain how any of all these timeline things work in the MCU. And I'm just endlessly fascinated by it. And I think that all of these little revelations have so many uh, meanings for the MCU. Because, I mean, even, again, going back to the Captain America thing, uh, where he like appears at the old, as an old man, essentially... All right, so basically what this means, what Loki means, because they explicitly say it in the second episode, I believe, or maybe it's in the first episode. Um, they explicitly say that there are there's not a multiverse. There, there's one timeline. And so what that means, if we got old man Captain America in 20 whatever it is, whatever the modern MCU is at in terms of the date, that means that Captain America throughout all of the Mar all of the marvel movies was an was living his life uh as an old man in the MCU and that's fascinating to me and it means that there's this weird period of time that they can't necessarily go back to with with and have like world altering events or else we have to acknowledge that captain america was actively ignoring the world being in peril um and I think that that's interesting. <laughs> it was an interesting choice to to explicitly say that there's no multiverse because that has that means something. That means that Captain America, like when Captain Marvel was going on, and you know she's on Earth doing all these different things. Captain America was there. He was like I don't know in his like seventies something like that. But he was there. He was he was chilling, watching all this go down. And I think that's interesting. Um, so. And there's and there's so much other stuff like I mean we're getting into like timeline stuff and like I think all of that stuff is super weird and super interesting. Um, so I am more fascinated by all of that stuff than anything else. Obviously, look, uh, you know I'm sure Brianna's going to talk about it even more. But Tom Hiddleston, he's he's great. Like <laughs> he's got charisma for days. You can you know you could watch him. I mean, you know, agree. <laughs> you you can watch him do like anything. It would probably be entertaining, right? So. Uh, you know, it's entertaining on that level. There's a lot of uh, really interesting uh, MCU implications going on. And I agree with you, Ozzy, that Owen Wilson is like such a great addition to the MCU. Like he is a perfect MCU actor. He really is. Like he, he's so he's he's so warm and fun. And you just you love him as a character instantly. Um, even yeah. though, even though they're probably I don't I haven't watched the third episode yet, but. I have a feeling that we're going to get some revelations that uh, that whole world is not exactly what it seems to be, uh, would be my guess. Um, so even if he turns out to be a quote-unquote villain or like maybe not have the best motives or the, the place that he works for doesn't have the best motives, I think he's still just a really fun character. Um, and yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. I, I'm definitely enjoying it. And um, I... I don't fully under and maybe they explain more of it i don't fully understand the variant thing if we've said that he's not 
or that there's no multiverse. I'm very confused on the variant thing. And maybe you guys can explain this to me or maybe they explain more of it in the third episode. I don't know. It, it's confusing to me. Like, how is there a girl version of him if there's not a multiverse? I'm confused. So do, you, um, do you have well, an explanation, please? It sounds like there's like the branching multiverse. And then if your timeline gets pruned, you can still exist. So you can like make different decisions and still like they're, you know, they approach like a certain threshold past which you're in danger of creating a multiverse or like an alternate timeline that's like official. But if you get it before you get there, then there's no multiverse, but you can still make different decisions up to a certain point. Still confused. (laughs) Okay. Uh, no, but but I, I'm not saying you're explaining timeline, it poorly. Yeah. I'm thinking that maybe it doesn't make any sense in general. Uh, maybe. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm still confused on that. And I hope we get a little bit more explanation on it. Or maybe they just ignore it and just say comic books. And that's fine as well, I guess. Maybe they'll bring it up eventually and they'll be like, think about it. How are there variants if there's no multiverse? Right. Think about it, yeah. Loki. <laughs> I just don't think that the actual people who created the TVA and did all that stuff are giving them the full, um, the full answers. And we got a little bit, we got a little tidbit of that in the third episode where it's revealed that the people that the like the hired people of the TVA are actually from Earth. They're not created by the actual. Um, by the time they call it. The timekeepers, yeah, they're not created by the timekeepers. They're actually, you know, they're actually from Earth. They were, they had lives before, and they were taken by the by the timekeepers, and now basically kidnapped, hijacked, and yeah, now they exactly. work for the TVA. So we, we exactly. got a little bit. We they got some shade thrown on them for like, oh, what well, you know, they've got some shady motives. It must be, or they've got they're operating. Uh, not entirely truthfully. So, right. mm. exactly. So, I think there's definitely some stuff that's left to be answered. Um, and there's definitely, like, you know, like you raise an interesting question, Carlos. Well, if there's no multiverse, and why there's like, why are there variants? And like, why, are, you know, why are there all these things? Um, I mean, I personally think that there's variants that are like, that are meant to like prevent them from being a multiverse. But I mean, if there is a multiverse, maybe it's just not known yet. Um, so that's like my whole thing. Maybe it's just not known yet that like to all us as the audience and them as the TVA and Loki, um, it's just not known that it exists yet. That makes sense. I guess I, but even then it's like, I just don't understand how in with that understanding of it where they think that there is no multiverse, I don't understand how the variants, as they call them, make any sense within a world where there is no multiverse. I, I just don't get it. It's maybe and maybe I, I'm just getting to a point where the comic booky stuff doesn't make any sense to me anymore. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know. <laughs> That's possible, I guess. Um but I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, I don't want to like sit here and criticize it because I I do think that it is a very good and it's a a step up from Captain America and Winter Soldier or the Bucky and Winter Soldier show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier. That that one that that I can't even remember the name of. Um, 
Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely a step up than that forgettable show. Um, so yeah. Wow, <laughs> Carlos with this. You yeah. gonna finish it? Yeah, yeah, Did yeah. You it? We didn't get to okay. finish talking oh. about it, but I mean, there's my review. Uh, yeah, whatever. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I mean, I don't think it's forgettable. I mean, but you know, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk hey, about it later. Anyways, we're not here to um, talk about that right now. We're here to talk about Loki. Yeah, Brianna's getting us back on track. Talk about Tom Hiddleston. Come on. But Brianna, let's get into our debate about the third episode. Yes, do it. Go. Let's get it. So, um, Brianna, talk to me. Um, you talk to me first. You, you can't say that after I just said it. Just no, start. I can. Oh, my gosh. So, all right, Brianna. You said that this was like a disappointing episode to you because we didn't get like any like any reveals. Like, what were you expecting like from this episode and why were you so disappointed by it? I was expecting. Well, what I what I wanted after the major ending of last week's episode, um, what I wanted was to understand. I wanted to see what kind of effects the ending of last week's ep- not last week the second episode the ending of the second episode what kind of effects that had because the uh the tva has been so straight laced so far that just one branching timeline is you know that's like a big deal for them and they you know they have these like strike teams that go out and prune them so for sylvie to have dropped like 50 charges and just bombed the heck out of the sacred timeline. That must have literally been like a bull in a China shop to them. And I, I wanted to, I was on the edge of my seat waiting for them, you know, to see how they responded to that and, you know, what kind of larger implications that would have. And I understand that like, uh, Loki followed Sylvie and so the implication was kind of we're going to have an episode that focuses on Loki uh, you know finding out uh, more but I was expecting if Loki's going after her I would expect that we would find out something about her then because if our sympathies are supposed to be shifting from the TBA and Owen Wilson to Sylvie which it seems like they are because we're getting a you know our uh, kind of a stand-in that we're supposed to be relating to is Loki because he's being introduced to all this stuff for the first time. Um, I would expect that he would learn something more about Sylvie because that's how you start caring about people is by learning more about them. I would I would expect that we would learn some some kind of motivation and some like if that's what you want. It's not what I wanted, not what I cared about yet. Um, which I understand, like, and you, you can talk in terms of like expectations versus, you know, actual, like objective quality of writing. But, um, I would expect that if this episode was going to be dedicated to, um, developing a relationship that I would learn something about Sylvie that would make me care about her. And we, she was very vague and we didn't really learn any specifics. And I understand that maybe they're trying to create intrigue for the next episode, but I don't, I don't want that for the next episode either. I want, you know, if you're just going to keep leading me on like this and not actually tell me anything, then I just feel like we were kind of wasting time this episode. And we only have six episodes. 
I don't think that they were wasting time. I mean, I think that this episode was mainly to give us more insight for Loki. What is it about him apart from the fact that he was bisexual? And he thinks and he thinks love is a and he thinks love is a, an imaginary dagger. What did we learn about him? I mean, if I may, because you just you just you just you just spoke. So give me a second. Um, okay. So, I mean, for me, it's like I learned I learned some stuff about Loki. And, you know, we were just talking about moments from his childhood, you know, and he was starting to open up to somebody. And we haven't really seen Loki do that before um, to anybody. I mean, he didn't do it with his parents, he didn't do it with Thor. He didn't, he hasn't, I mean, he did it maybe, you can argue, he did it a little bit with Mobius. But, I mean, he really started to open up with Sylvie. Um, so for me, it's like, you know, and, and that's why I'm saying for me, this wasn't a bad episode because we're getting more of that and we're getting deeper into like his mind and we're trying to figure out like, you know, what he's like trying to figure out like what his intentions are. Cause that's another thing that I'm trying to figure out is like, what is he trying to do? Like what are like, what are some of his goals um, and things like that? So, I mean, for me, this was, this was a very good episode for that. You know, I was kind of getting into like, you know, like a little bit of his childhood you know, he was kind of explaining some stuff to her um, in terms of like where he's from, you know, and like, like you know, who he likes, who he's attracted to. Um, and, and we also got a little bit more Sylvie and like her personality. You know, she's somebody who goes heads, you know, he's more of a diplomat and she's more of somebody who goes in like super strong. She's just, you know, she's a super hard headed. She's a warrior. And you also saw like how she fought. Um, and that's one of the things I loved about this is because we, we saw like two completely different versions of Loki and like how they approach problems. And you saw a scene, um, literally like with them trying to approach a problem at two different fronts, they both failed, which was, which was hilarious. Um, but I mean, you just see how they both try to handle their problems. Um, and I, I love that scene because it, it just showcases the, the differences in those characters. Um, and you know, you, you saw them fight together, you know, you, you saw them kind of like build like a little relationship. Um, so for me, it was, it was something that I, I didn't know that that we were going to get, but I mean, I wasn't bothered by it. Um, I thought it was satisfying seeing them work together, um, and just learning a little bit more about our Loki, the one that we, you know, especially the one that you are in love with (laughs) in the MCU, um, just seeing, you know, where he's coming from and seeing like, you know, like, like his, like his personality a little bit more. Um, so for me, this was a really good episode. You know, I think that you and I can agree, you know, cause I'm not sitting here saying it's the best <laughs> out of the three. Um, I can definitely agree. It's the weaker episode out of the three episodes, but I, I don't think it's a bad episode at all. I think it's still a pretty good episode. Um, so that, that's where I'm at, um, with it. I think it's good. Um, you know, I think Loki, you know, my friends and I were talking about it yesterday and my friend brought up a good point. Loki was kind of an idiot this episode just because he screwed up, you know. Um, but, um, other than that, I mean, I think, I think, I think it's still, I think, I think it's pretty, I I, I liked it. I'm not disappointed by it at all. I mean, we learned, uh, and, and I, and I see where you're coming from. And again, again, uh, a lot of, you know, your response has to do with expectation. Um, in the same way that, like, you know, I didn't go to watch The Conjuring 3 looking for an episode of Supernatural, but I wasn't disappointed that I got it. Um, exactly. 
you went in watching, you know, not necessarily looking for relationship development, but you weren't disappointed that you got it. And I didn't feel like we, I feel like if I had already gotten to know her and care about her a little bit more before this, maybe I would be more invested. Um, but she was introduced as as a character like she's been in the show but we haven't actually seen her face until the last like three minutes of the last episode and now we're immediately supposed to start caring about relationship development even though we didn't get a whole lot of relevant details i and i'm leaving room for you know maybe it's just that there's some stuff that's going to happen later that makes this all make sense and fit completely coherently and then I'll say, you know, oh, I, you know, I didn't have the whole picture. But now that I've seen the ending of The Sixth Sense, the whole rest of the movie makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I just I don't dock at points because there's still three episodes, you know. So for me, I'm just like, she's standoffish right now. And we have characters like that in shows where they're standoffish, but you still care about them a little bit. And I, I'm not like over, I'm not like over the, I'm not like, you know, like in love with her, like over the, like my, I'm not head over heels for her. And I'm just like, oh man, she's damn. <laughs> but I mean, she's, for me, she's, she was good because I mean, she's, she reminds me a little bit about Loki. She reminds me of Loki, how he's super standoffish. He's super standoffish towards Thor all the time, all the time. He's like, he's literally like that. He's just, this right, is how took he Loki, is. It you know took I mean? Loki three movies to open up to Thor. Like, genuinely. Three movies. It, exactly. He didn't become... Really, but, but he didn't still, become... But you still loved him, though. You still appreciated Loki, right? Because he's Tom Hiddleston. Okay. I loved so, him in the okay. first... So I, loved him, I fell in love with Loki <laughs> after the first Avengers movie, where he was explicitly... And like exclusively a villain. He, there, he did not have any redeeming qualities until the last couple minutes of that movie. So all I'm saying is it took Loki. And, and even before that, they had 1500 years of history that they went through where Loki hadn't opened up to Thor. So the fact that we're jumping into this kind of relational dynamic and that's the Loki, by the way. That, that we're with right now, the Loki. And, you know, maybe he feels more comfortable, you know, trying to push her buttons because he knows what she's like. But we don't know for sure that he knows what she's like because she is a variant. And I don't know. I just, I, I thought that's, that that's it kind of... That's the whole thing, though. It's like, who else would he, like, who is he going to open, like, who would he open up to realistically? Himself. Mobius? And he has a version of himself there. No, he did not open up to Mobius. He opened up to Mobius a little bit. He gave him like a little like teaser, but he's giving Sylvie, in my opinion, he's giving her like the full picture because like he, he's curious to know, like he's curious and he also wants, like he has somebody to actually talk to because it's, it's a version of himself. You know what I'm saying? Like that's who he's going to talk to. And I feel like it's real, like knowing Loki, that's just, something that I, that's just something that I see him doing. You know what I mean? Especially like with the previous, the, the last two episodes that we've gotten, you know, everybody's just like, okay, this is, this, he was trying to kill, was trying to blow up the world like a week ago. But it's also just like, you're going to change if you see everything that happens from that point forward. You know what I'm saying? Like he saw his mom die. He saw his dad die. And he also saw his own death. 
on top of that, he read about the destruction of his home, of, of his, of his home. It's going to change somebody to a significant degree. And I feel like we're getting that with this version of Loki, where he's changing, he's trying to figure out a way. Like there's a lot of stuff that he's trying to figure out, but he, he's, he just got all of that within two episodes. It's a lot of information to take in. And it would change. I mean, I, I think it. I think it would change anybody, and 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 like how they are and how they act. So for me, it's just like he he can finally like open up to somebody, and it's a version of himself. And I just see a person like like that doing doing that. Um, so that's why I personally liked it because we finally got to see him like fully be himself. You know what I mean? Like in the second episode, I was laughing because the line was just like. He's like, God, now I know why Thor thinks this is so annoying because she's doing, you know, he's getting a taste of his own medicine. And I feel like, um, and I feel like we got that a lot with the third episode, he was just, you know, trying to figure out like what pushes her, you know, and he was also trying to figure out like his limits, um, you know, and he was, he was finally like, kind of like giving her information about himself, which he wouldn't do with anybody. Um, and he's also noticing like how stubborn and how like hard headed she is. Um, and he's seeing that in himself. Um, so that's what I really enjoyed about this episode. It was really like a self-reflection episode for him. And I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I just have to ask if the story that they've set up gives, allows time for that much in-depth character exploration. Like if you, if you, if you said this series is, is 15 episodes, I would have been like, do whatever you want do whatever you want um do you know you know take them to disney world take them to you know take them wherever you want to take them do whatever you want to do with them for a whole 15 episodes but i don't know to set up a story this intense and then do this with a 45 minute with you know almost 15% of your series is it, without the whole context of this, without the context of the whole series, it was just mind boggling to me. Well, that's what I'm saying. The, there's still time. There's still time to build it up. So for me, it's just like, I don't right. think of it and, as a and, negative because I, I know, but I, I think that that pacing or timing is something that you have to take into account. Again, I'll be the first to admit that, it's possible that they're doing something that I just don't understand yet because I haven't seen the whole series. Um, but without the full information of the series, the way that this episode hits me is disappointed. And I'm not saying that I can enjoy it until I have the full context of the series. I'm saying until I have the full context of the series, I'm not going to enjoy it because I would rather be pleasantly surprised later than disappointed later. <laughs> Um, All right. I'm going to jump in to move on this conversation because <laughs> we're sitting at an hour and a half and let's go. <laughs> um, Carlos, you have to come back and let us know what you think after you've seen it. Yeah, for sure. I think overall, the show's great. I think overall, in my opinion, because I know Carlos is going to bite my head off. <laughs> this is so far the best MCU show. Okay, guys, that's my personal opinion. Um, that's my, that's my mid season review. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's great. Um, and I, I, do you guys think that this is going to be like the most important MCU show in Disney Plus? Like, do you think this is going to be like the most, and like, do you think this is the show 
that people are going to have to watch or or no? Potentially. Like shows. Um, okay. I think they're going to be overly cautious about making sure that you don't have to watch any of them. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Yeah. But I think it has the most implications so far, for sure. They're teetering on the edge. I mean, they basically uh, pressed control Z after WandaVision. And you can kind of you can kind of make assumptions about the conclusion of winter soldier based on the conclusion of Endgame. So if they do end up officially creating the multiverse in Loki, which is it, what looks like is going to happen. Right. It, it's, it's going to be the hardest one to just brush under the rug. That's what I'm saying. Because I mean, for me, for me, like you, for me, it's like, you kind of have to watch one division before you watch Dr. Strange. Like it's like, it's like one of those where I'm just like, well, like I kind of, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you you don't need to watch. You absolutely don't need to watch it. But Loki, I'm kind of just like, I don't know. It's kind of like it's kind of turning into like something that like you would need to watch. I mean, guys, Doctor Strange is literally called the Multiverse of Madness. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, so and we saying, have some man. pretty strong that the multiverse will already exist, or will there will be some consequences of the multiverse in Spider-Man No Way Home. So, yeah, yeah. So, all right. I'm excited. Well, that's that. So let us know what you guys think of Dr. Sh- or not Dr. Jeez, Sh- brain, uh, <laughs> brain Dr. Uh, for another year. Um, yeah. Let us know what You're you guys here, think folks. of Loki. You're already here, folks. We saw it first. Yep. Yep. We've, we've, we've seen it. We, we, got, we got a screener. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> um, but anyway, all right. Let us know what you guys think of that. Uh, those first three episodes at least. And, um, We'll probably reconvene um, once we finish out the show. Would be my guess. I, 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 I would say we would talk about it every week, but I don't trust us to actually record every week. So, <laughs> so wow, Carlos. I, I said wow. us. I'm not blaming anybody. I, I'm Look, part of this if as you well. Want, I will record my live last my live response to the episode i watch yes. every tuesday at 3 a.m when the episode drops do it i that yes Damn. i actually i would be completely fine with that to be honest okay. um all right well <laughs> that's gonna be that um ozzy do you want to sign us out hell no but let's get it <laughs> um Guys, we hope you enjoyed the show. Please feel free to listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Overcast. Please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, guys. This is Screenfellas. Peace.